Welcome back, everyone. Episode five of the 12 part 2024 offseason series. I'm your host, Thurm Carter, on the Better Than the League podcast, and I'm delighted to talk about a two time champion team and a team that is all about youth, all about a plan, and all about defense. And that is none other than the Hyde Park Hung Horses run by Matt Williams. Let's talk about the Hung Horses. Have as they have just relocated in the 2023 season from Westchester or the Dubsey Dukies or even the Westchester Couch Crew all the way down to Hyde Park once again for the third time probably to become the Hyde Park Hung Horses. For the Hung Horses, didn't go so well, uh, but I believe that was once, you know, that was the plan as he went into the season and started to see that maybe the competition was too strong for his team. He began to sell. And as we know with Matt, instead of just selling and losing, Matt's defense is still one of one. Bill Belichick, Vic Fangio, you can even go back to Buddy Ryan, has nothing on the Matt Williams defensive strategy. No team can can prevent the other team from scoring quite like the home forces. So Matt sneaks into the playoffs this year to run into the buzzsaw that was the Frankfurt Folk. Ending his season a week after the top four teams that we've talked about earlier. And now he is sitting at what would be pick 105 or the ninth, ninth, yeah, no, eighth overall team. Now, to get some clarity here, if this was the 2024 season, Matt would have not made the playoffs. We are now down to a seven-team playoff much like the NFL playoffs are today. But for this particular case, Matt made it lost, which gave him the pick 105. Well, let's talk about Matt's team right now, because obviously he has a plan and we can go through his asses why, you know, where he sees his rebuild, where he's attacking and how he's going to be quite the force again, uh, possibly 10 years after his last championship. So Matt goes in with a bevy of quarterbacks that were once started by Josh Allen, but a huge trade, uh, trading Josh Allen for Jordan Love, Donovan Peoples-Jones, and a bunch of draft picks to the Cincy No-Fines. He ends out with, honestly, a pretty good situation at quarterback. So who do we have? We have Anthony Richardson, who's been on IR all season. Jordan Love, who was fantastic at the end of the season. And obviously, we just watched Brock Purdy in the Super Bowl. So three solid QBs. No one great right now. I think the player with the highest ceiling is definitely Anthony Richardson, who we took last year in the second round of the 2023 rookie draft. Um, and then Jordan Love, obviously, if he can continue what he did at the end of the season, there's a great chance that this trade just becomes such a big win for Matt Um, moving forward. I think Dave is still very happy with who he got in Josh Allen. Josh Allen is still the QB one in PPR or Superflex and one QB dynasty leagues. But either way, I think it's a win-win for both sides. Which leads us next to the next position group, which is the running back position. Not looking the greatest for Matt. Obviously, the heartbreaking situation was that Cordero Patterson finally came back down to earth and is no longer viable for this team. This team ran 
been through Cordell Patterson for quite some time, and his luck has finally run out. Bijan being in Atlanta, as well as Tyler Algier, Cordell Patterson was virtually useless. Um, but we're, this team is run by one running back as of now. There was a trade with Tony Pollard to the show picks during the trade deadline. So Kev Walker going into his third season uh, as an NFL running back, kind of concerning numbers, but he is still RB9 in our crazy and honestly wild running backs, you know, situation that we have in the NFL right now, especially in fantasy football. And then Roshan Johnson, who's another good draft pick I enjoyed uh, out of Texas that he selected in the second round of the 23 rookie draft as his RB2. And that's it. Um, a big trade that kind of was a whiff was the Damian Pierce trade. He acquired Damian Pierce for 2023 first. I'm not sure if that ended up being Quentin Johnston for Eric, but overall, to be expected, when you give up a 23 first, you're expecting a player that's going to be a starting caliber player for years to come. Unfortunately, Damian Pierce, as we all expected, I thought that when you have a terrible athletic profile like Damian Pierce had, usually your NFL career is very short, which is why Kyron situation, a you know, buyer beware of Kyron situation is running backs that have bad athletic profiles usually do not succeed long-term in the NFL. Damian Pierce is the most recent example. I don't see Damian Pierce ever playing significant snaps again. Uh, I thought Devin Singletary, who isn't even the most athletic guy himself, uh, did much better in the Houston offense. And I expect with a rookie quarterback, they'll either address running back early in the draft or they will go and attack in the free agencies because of Josh Jacobs, Saquon Barkley. And there's many more names on that list that they can go out and get. So running back, a huge focus for the 2024 class. Uh, wide receiver is, is fun. I think the wide receiver class or wide receiver room for the home courses is really fun. Obviously, it's headlined by Garrett Wilson. Uh, Garrett Wilson is wide receiver six. So even with that quarterback play, DLF and, and dynasty drafters alike really value Garrett Wilson very highly. I think Garrett Wilson is a great player that just has had really bad quarterback play, which is why he, he is yet to hit his ceiling. But people can obviously see the optimism if Aaron Rodgers can play well next year in, you know, in New York, there's a potential that, you know, Garrett Wilson goes nuclear in, in 24, but there's also a great chance that he is the same old, same old. Uh, if, if New York cannot address the secondary wide receiver position and teams continue to bracket and bottle up Garrett Wilson to where he's double, triple T, then it really doesn't matter uh, who the quarterback is. So we'll, we'll see what happens in New York this offseason. I expect them to address the wide receiver position early in the draft and or in free agents as long as it's not one of Aaron Rodgers' best friends like it's been last year. Um, but a huge thing, and you'll see the strategy for Matt in 24, is Matt really attacked the 2024 or 2023 second round pick. Uh, I think Matt had roughly 43% of the draft picks in the second round. A lot of them came from Tommy Schultz, which we, you know, we already, we don't want to be a dead horse, but that resulted in a few players. Let's kind of go over them. And this is off the dome. So I don't know how accurate I am. Uh, you have Anthony Richardson was drafted in the second round, who is his highest 
valued quarterback, quarterback eight in one quarterback leagues. And then you have Roshan Johnson was taken late in the second round, but Jaden Reed was taken in the second round, and Rashi Rice, who we just saw win a Super Bowl and make a key, key third, third or fourth down catch um, on that drag route in the last drive for the Kansas City Chiefs. Is either the last drive in overtime or the last drive of regulation? I can't recall, but still, Rashi Rice, Matt's been clamoring for wide receiver one. He he looks very good. Uh, the the nerd in me says he's not going to be a wide receiver one just because of his yards per route run and his A dot was not that great. But from a skill level, he's attached to the greatest quarterback potentially in history. He's on his way. Uh, some believe he will never be the greatest quarterback of all time. But Patrick Mahomes is on his way to being the greatest quarterback in NFL history. So when you have that tandem, and obviously we talked about Jordan Love earlier, when Jaden Reed's tied to Jordan Love. Another great wide receiver to quarterback combo drafted in the second round. Uh, Jalen Hyatt was also taken in the second round. Uh, I think Jalen Hyatt's going to be a bust. Uh, I think that that was, I think, honestly, buyer beware with Tennessee wide receivers. Uh, They really come out so unpolished that it takes them years to learn. And with Jalen Hyatt, he's truly a one-trick pony that has nothing else. So with that being said, I don't know how much value he has. I think he's a watered-down Jamison Williams who also hasn't done something in a great offense. So there's – that was maybe the one miss. And I don't know if Marvin Mims was taken in the second round. He's since traded Marvin Mims. But Marvin Mims was was a a solid pick. I think there's hope for Marvin Mims, but just a bad situation overall. Um, But you can see he really attacked that second round, and that's kind of shaped his wide receiver two, three spot – that comes out really nicely for the 24 class where he will continue to add with at least three second round picks. It could be four second round picks in this year's draft. Um, And then lastly, the tight end position is probably the worst in the league for us. Isaiah likely is probably his best tight end. And Isaiah likely is the backup tight end for the Baltimore Ravens. You have Noah Fant who, was very highly touted coming out of Iowa, but really fanned out in Seattle and Denver just has never come to fruition. So I think we've seen enough from Noah Fant. Now, David Njoku was someone I was really high on, was a late breakout. So Noah Fant could be a late breakout. I just don't see that happening. And then you have Zach Ertz, who is who just signed just to not play and obviously not get a ring. Because of that, I don't see any future for Zach Hurts. He's going to be a cut candidate. So that's kind of a breakdown of his roster. I've already spent a ton of time on looking at the clock right now. Um, maybe it's because I am, I guess, kind of excited about this roster, but I'm really excited to talk about his plan. So we'll talk about 24 class real quick. But before we do that, we got to talk about the plan. And the plan for Matt is to tack 2025 and 26. Um, I don't know what Matt's plans are in 25 and 26. Who knows if he's ever going to get married? We'll see. But 25 and 26 look like to be his year of attacking for youth. He has three 2025 firsts, and he has already three 2026 firsts. So he's already built very well for a three-year rebuild, um, where potentially 26 could be a year where he's moving those picks for – 
players to be named, whether it be a rookie this year that really blows up and becomes a star on maybe an aging team or something or another where there's some assets that he wants to go to shape that roster for 26, he may have it. Because I honestly, the, the foundation's pretty solid. I think there's three players to build around right now, and it's all at the wide receiver group. I guess a quarterback would be included. I think his running backs by 26 will be non-existent unless he drafts well this year, which we'll talk about. So you can see Matt has really actually, you know, he's not just doing things without a purpose. He's really coming up with an idea of what he wants, when he wants to, you know, rebuild. And he's attacking years that other teams have, not attacked yet from a rebuilding standpoint. So he's ahead of the curve. And that's kind of why Eric got to where he was, is that Eric started the rebuild before anyone, and that allowed him to acquire as many draft picks as possible. And I think Matt is doing the same thing. I'm just interested to see how Matt handles it versus how Eric handled it. And we'll see, you know, we'll be able to compare and contrast for that next team that's doing a true aggressive rebuild how that comes, how, you know, who does better, what strategy is better, et cetera. So 2024, uh, no first round picks. I own his first round pick this year at 105. Um, so we're focused mostly on the second round. I believe we have two picks in the middle rounds of the second round, like 2-5, or something like that, and maybe a third round pick. So what does Matt address here? Well, there's really only a couple tight ends in this draft class, one being Brock Bowers, which is out of his range. And then there's, I believe his name's Jatavian Sanders out of uh, Texas. Now he could be an option for Matt if he wants to try to get a, you know, a guy that can come in and be young and contribute. He could also call Eric Legas up. Obviously Eric doesn't need five tight ends. So if he wants a better tight end, he could probably use one of those second round picks maybe to get Michael Mayer or Pat Fryer move. Maybe um, I think those are two guys that he could easily get with one of the seconds, maybe a mid second for Mayer and maybe a late second for Fryer move. So that's an option. If he wants to go to tight end, I did see Matt Miller drafted Sanders to the Bengals in the second round. So that would be fun for Matt to get his hometown team player on his roster. It's always good to have that. You know, I like to get my Browns players and, you know, Ben has Burrow and Chase. So there's there's obviously more fun when you're rooting for your favorite player on your favorite team. So maybe he goes Sanders. Uh, but what I think is really good for Matt is what we mentioned earlier. I think the second round is where you see a lot of running backs go. I think the running back class is not star-studded, but there's some really good pieces. And as we've talked about the running back landscape right now, it's just really odd right now. It's like we're in the twilight zone. So there's there are definitely going to be guys in this class that – will surprise someone and, and start week one and, and be a key fantasy contributor. It's just which one is it? Because it's really hard to tell right now. There's guys that are big and slow. There's guys that are small and fast. There's guys that are good but injured. There's guys that are, you know, bad but healthy. You just There's there's red flags for each player to, to pick which one is going to be tough. I think the combine is going to help separate some guys um, because like guys like Braylon Allen, who was talked about – Big time, you know, maybe two years ago when he was a freshman at Wisconsin running past Ohio State at 18 years old. Like Braylon Allen's only 20 years old. So that's great from an analytical standpoint. He's very young, but really just didn't pan out after that rookie year, much like Xavier Worthy. 
and then there's guys like um, Bucky Irving. There's you know Blake Corum who doesn't probably won't test the greatest, but has really good vision. And then there's guys um, like Estime from from Notre Dame who's built like Derrick Henry, but no near nowhere near as athletic. But I could see Matt really going uh, running back heavy in the second round. There might be a wide receiver that he, you know he really likes in the second round, maybe a senior bowl standout or something in the second round. Uh, but overall, I think Matt kind of focuses on his rebuild. I'm, I'm interested. I think he actually goes wide receiver heavy. I think Matt tries to do poorly. He has his own 25 first, which is the first time in a long time that he's had his own first-round pick. He's usually not gone into the offseason with none and then acquired them in the offseason, but with very little assets remaining to get a first-round pick for, and I don't see him moving off of any of those three wide receivers, you're likely going to be um, focused on the second rounds this year. Um, but for next year, it's good for him to have that first-round pick. I think Matt Matt's a non-playoff team in 24, just due to the fact that the running back position, I, I expect the Bears to do something. I don't expect Roshan to be the starter week one, and then that leaves Matt with potentially a second-round pick as, as one of his guys, and we know how running backs, usually rookie running backs, start slow and kind of progress as the season goes on. And then the wide receivers, like Garrett Wilson's great, but he's, he has a red flag of a situation. And then you have Jaden Reed and you have Rashi Rice, who were both receivers on young teams. What do each, you know, I, I can't see KC just say, hey, Rashi Rice is our guy and we're going to just add somewhere else. Like I, I expect a big free agent and in this deep of a draft class, 100% they draft a wide receiver early. A guy like, I don't know, Brian Thomas Jr. maybe gets to them or a guy like Troy Franklin or someone that's really electric in a deep threat that that Mahomes would like. Uh, I just don't see, you know, Rashi Rice being like the wide receiver one and we're content with that. He could be good. I, that's just my biggest concern. They just won a Super Bowl when it was supposed to be their down year and they just won it with scraps at wide receiver and now in the best draft class we've seen since 2020 and 2021 it's like well what do we do here um as nfl fans with the chiefs i think that they could easily three-peat but anyways i'm getting off on a tangent that's all i have for for the hung horses i think their season like their future is promising it's always good to see teams that are rebuilding with a plan because if you're rebuilding without a plan, that's just going to extend your rebuild even longer. I think we're seeing that pretty clearly with the ache and anal agony is their back-to-back worst team in the league. When you don't have a plan and you're just kind of going off on a wing on a tangent like I just did on this podcast, usually things don't go well. So it's really good to see Matt focused. It's it's very likely that Matt is a serious contender in 25, but like a really good contender in 26 if he drafts well. I think he's got some good pieces, but he's got about two years to build a really good foundation for him to succeed on a long-term scale. So that's all I got, guys. Next team up is a completely different team. We're going to be talking about the Borough Show Pigs, who were the preseason favorites and once again fanned out and now have major question marks pretty much everywhere on that lineup and on that roster. So till next time.